0: Off that we saw yesterday, or the Asian uh, sell-off. It was down, uh, the Nikkei 225 down more than 4% uh, at one stage. Why is it being held so much hostage to global markets?
1: Oh, that's because it's an international market, whereas uh, many of the rest of them you can't put the uh, the volumes through. So, I, I think the main point is the liquidity makes it um, uh, zip around all over the place in, in conditions like this, and, and you, you sell Japan because you can't sell the uh, the other ones. But generally, Asia has been um, been hammered, hammered uh, badly, which is kind of strange because of course mm-hmm. Japan's much cheaper and it's a, a much more geared play on, on global trade than the uh, uh, the others. It's a short-term thing; we'll be back.
0: Okay. Um, and we had Japan's plunge protection team in place yesterday. The Bank of Japan stepped in, bought 70 billion yen of ETFs. Uh, I think that was the first intervention since about April, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, 21st of April. That's right. Um, I, I wish they would just stop. Um There isn't much indication that they've done anything very useful for her, for anybody. In fact, I think the indication is is what they've done is is made, uh, given Japan a a uh, a sort of reputation as being uh, less fundamental and therefore driving away um, active investors. So it'd be very nice if they'd stop um, trying to play with the market because they're just not very good at it.
0: (laughs) Thanks very much, Nick. Always good to talk to you. That's Nick Smith, Japan strategist at CLSA in Tokyo. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK. Radio 3. And in Tokyo, the Nikkei 225 is rebounding this morning. It's up 2.5%. Most Asian markets are rebounding, in fact. The Cosby in South Korea is up 3 quarters of a percent. Uh, The ASX 200 in Australia has rebounded 1.4%. It looks like the Hang Seng's going to add about 170 points at the open if futures markets are to be believed this morning. Thank you very much for listening. Do join me again tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock. We'll have more business and finance updates for you on Money Talk. Fact chat's coming up after the news with Hugh Chiverson and Janice Wong. The weather forecast for today, uh, cloudy with showers and severe thunderstorms. There is a thunderstorm warning in place right now. Those showers are going to be heavy at times, maximum temperature of about 31 degrees. The outlook is for occasional heavy showers and thunderstorms in the next couple of days, but the showers will lessen gradually towards the weekend. 25 degrees right now, 92% relative humidity. 8.32, here's Samantha Butler with the Half Hour News.
2: Apple Daily has aired its last live news show just days ahead of the expected closure of the pro-democracy newspaper and its online operation. Here's Sean Kennedy.
3: More than 30,000 people logged on for Apple Daily's final newscast late last night. The programme thanked the audience for their support since it started going live last October and urged other journalists to remain steadfast and defend the truth. Earlier, staff were told operations could cease on Saturday unless authorities released the media company's assets that were frozen as part of a national security investigation. The board of parent company Next Digital is expected to meet again on Friday to make a final decision. The Journalists Association urged the government to do all in its power to ensure staff got paid, saying they shouldn't be affected by a police investigation of a few individuals. Last week, senior executives at the company were charged with colluding with foreign forces to endanger national security.
2: Epidemiologist Benjamin Cowling has questioned what level of antibodies is needed to qualify for reduced quarantine. The government plans to allow fully vaccinated arrivals from lower-risk places to do just a week of hotel quarantine if they test negative for COVID-19 and have antibodies for the virus. Professor Cowling from the University of Hong Kong's School of Public Health said their ongoing study showed people who'd had the Sinovac vaccine had a much lower level of immunity
4: like to know which tests are
5: going to be done on arrival on each of the tests that we were doing on the samples in our study they were all positive one month after the second dose but I don't know how long they would stay positive for and maybe two three four five six months later at some point maybe some of those people who receive Sinovac would start to test negative antibodies instead of positive. I can't tell you now about the timeline and how long antibodies will stay positive for, but it does look, because the starting point is quite low, it does look like people might regress to having negative antibodies at some point.
2: Yesterday, there were three imported coronavirus cases. Hong Kong has had no local cases for the past two weeks. The government said from Thursday it would allow restaurants to run at full capacity if all staff were fully vaccinated and two-thirds of customers had had the first dose. It also said bars could double the number of people per table to four if all staff and customers had taken at least one jab. The United Nations Educational, Scientific and Cultural Organization says the Great Barrier Reef in Australia should be put on a list of endangered World Heritage sites at a meeting next month. Here's the BBC's Shaima Khalil.
6: The UNESCO recommendation has sparked anger from the Australian government, with the Environment Minister Susan Ley saying Australia would strongly oppose it. She added that officials were stunned by what she described as a backflip on previous assurances by the UN that this step would not be taken. The UNESCO report says despite efforts and achievements by the state and federal governments in Australia, key targets on improving water quality in the reef had not been met. If the recommendation is followed, it would be the first time a natural world heritage site has been placed on the in-danger list mainly because of impacts from climate change.
2: You're listening to the news on RTHK.
7: Good morning and welcome to Backchat. I'm Janice Wong with Hugh Chiverton. Good morning, Hugh.
3: Good morning, Janice.
7: Today we're talking about the latest COVID developments here and the demolition of the decades-old General Post Office. Bookings for coronavirus vaccinations are on the rise as a cascade of companies join in an initiative to offer up lucrative prizes to encourage people to get the jab. And now to further keep people heading to vaccination centres, the government has announced that Hong Kong will cut mandatory hotel quarantine by half to seven days for some vaccinated residents returning from overseas if they test positive for antibodies against COVID-19 restaurants can also run at full capacity from Thursday as long as all staff are fully vaccinated and two-thirds of customers have received at least the first dose of a COVID vaccine. The surge in the local vaccination rate also comes as a new study by the University of Hong Kong, shows that people who received the BioNTech jab have substantially higher levels of COVID antibodies than those who got the Sinovac one. So will the latest measures help sustain the momentum in Hong Kong's COVID vaccination program? And will the surge in the vaccine uptake rate be enough for Hong Kong to achieve herd immunity? Let us know your thoughts. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Back chat on RTHK Radio 3. Email us at backchat at rthk.hk or give us a call on two three three eight eight two six six From 9.15 to 9.30 this morning, we'll be discussing plans for the demolition of the 45-year-old General Post Office in Central to make way for a prime commercial development. What do you think? Should it be preserved or repurposed to fit in with the new development?
3: And just before we get to uh, today's main topic, aspects of uh, COVID, uh, just a few uh, emails on uh, related, uh, sorry, unrelated uh, issues. Some uh, responding to yesterday's discussion. Uh, one of the things we were talking about yesterday was the, the queue for uh, public housing. MT says uh, five years. The government and housing authorities incompetent and discriminatory. There is no looking. There is no forward-looking housing policy for Hong Kong. Are we surprised? Uh, and uh, Herman says, thank you for reading my letter yesterday. On the point about academics, well, I agree that truly ethical academics would never put their students in situations where they risk arrest, injury or deliberately incite them, perhaps as part of a hidden agenda. This is not to say academics have never engaged in ethically... Questionable activities and uh, has a link to the uh, to a story about uh, students being paid to join uh, a march. Uh, that was what I think you were referring to uh, yesterday, Herman. You said that uh, students were paid to to join riots. Um, that's not true. Uh, they were given an incentive to take part in a perfectly peaceful, lawful July the first uh, demonstration in 2017. Uh, in fact, to uh, insist in, in counting the crowds uh simon i read out an email from uh, simon yesterday but i missed the last paragraph uh, for time and he's taken me to task for that um, so, okay, Simon, I will uh, I will uh, do as you request and read out uh, the 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 last part of it or or the uh, the, the message. Uh, but I I do have to we do have to occasionally edit for time, so you have to understand this. Uh, Simon says, when will Mark Pinkston, Grenville Cross, and Ronnie Tong realise it's time for them to stop talking about things they don't understand and have no input or influence on? The government and common law legal system they used to participate in no longer exists in Hong Kong. They're part of the colonial past, which is rectified by a new breed of fake patriots stroke royal trash, who will be discarded once they've served the CCP's purpose. All actions taken by the Hong Kong government are with the express approval and direction of old men in Beijing, not old men in Hong Kong. The values, history and frames of reference for old mainland men who grew up and survived through the Great Leap Forward... Cultural revolution and suppression of the 1989 student movement to now lead the CCP would appear to have nothing in common with Mark, Grenville or Ronnie. And finally, Mark H says, Dear Backchat, a suggestion on a topic is the recent Hong Kong brackets, PRC, question mark, pressure on Taiwan unofficial trade office personnel to sign the one-country declaration in order to renew visa to remain in Hong Kong. Is this oath-taking measure illogical for the self-governing island? Will other consulates be asked to sign support... For the NSL that's from Mark H once again our email address bankchat@thk.hk
7: All right now to kick off our discussion this morning we have on the line Dr calvin To the head of the Department of Microbiology at the University of Hong Kong and Dr Alvin Chan a pediatrician and co-chairman of the Advisory Committee on Communicable Diseases and the Hong Kong Medical Association good morning to both of you Good morning Maybe we can Good morning stay- good morning Thanks for joining us. Maybe we can start with you, Dr. To. Um, what do you make of the latest relaxation of social distancing measures? I mean, I mean, did it go far enough given that Hong Kong hasn't reported any local infections for the past two weeks?
8: Well, I think it makes sense to relax the policies as the uh, number of cases is almost zero in Hong Kong. And uh, with the um uh, and with the uh, triple measure of vaccination and uh, all these uh, border controls, I think it totally makes sense to relax all these social distancing measures. Um, whether it should go further or not, um, I, I mean, in general, I support that we should do it gradually. Uh, but uh, how gradually, I mean, there's always a, a, a range of what you, where you can do, uh, whether you relax to, uh, you know, instead of eight people, whether to 12 people or not, um, all these are fine details um, uh, that... Uh, I mean, it, it, there's never uh, an accurate answer to that. But I, I, really, I think the gradual um, kind of approach in relaxation is correct.
7: Under the relaxation, social distancing restrictions at venues such as restaurants, bars, karaoke's, and events like uh, weddings and religious ceremonies can be relaxed. But public gatherings of more than four people will continue to be banned. Um, I mean, how much higher is the infection risk of public gatherings than, let's say, some some of the events I just mentioned? Like weddings
8: um, I, it, it depends on the the nature of the uh, gathering. I mean, if, if everybody has masks on and uh, there 's no food or drink served in that particular uh, 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 venue, I think um, a large gathering can be allowed I mean because the, the risk is low, especially if uh, people have been vaccinated, but in places where um, food and drinks are allowed, if you have a big cocktail party, for example, of course, that would be at a much higher risk. Um, for weddings and things like that, if people are, you know, are only, you know, uh, are really good and, you know, only eat at the table and not, you know, walking around, have the drinks, um, then it would be fine. But if people are having a cocktail party kind of wedding, then uh, that would be at a, at a higher risk.
7: Also announced yesterday were plans to cut mandatory hotel quarantine by half from 14 days to 7 days for um, travellers who test positive for antibodies against COVID-19. Is this the right move?
8: I think so. um, Because uh, the the cutting of the quarantine is uh, coupled with at least three different measures. Uh, First is that um, people are tested at the airport for the virus. Second is people are tested at the airport for the antibody. And thirdly, people are tested. I mean, people, they they need to be having have a history of vaccination. And these three have already cut down the risk by, you know, a lot. And then with the seven days of quarantine, there's, that already adds another kind of measure. So you have actually four different ways to cut all these things. And then after the quarantine, there's a fifth thing, which is uh, they still have to go undergo further testing. So, with five things together, um, we, uh, the risk is very low. We can never say zero risk because there are always people who may have, you know, uh, you know even with all these measures, some people may still be infected. But given that uh, we have to reopen the economy, I, I think it's an acceptable risk.
3: Okay, uh, we have uh, had a, a specific question. This is from a caller, John, uh, who wants to know, uh, he, he said that he's received his first Sinovac jab. Can he now switch to BioNTech for the second jab, uh, Doctor Toh? Maybe first. What's your take on that?
8: Um, at this moment, we don't know yet because the clinical trial is ongoing. Uh, it's by Professor Ivan Hong in our university. Uh, we will know very soon whether this, uh, whether uh, the, the combination or sequential uh, vaccination with different vaccines is effective or not. I think if that trial turns out to be positive, that you know combination of uh, sequential different vaccine is viable, then uh, I think it should be allowed and uh, you know, people with can uh, should be allowed to have BioNTech or uh, I mean It depends on the trial results. Mm.
3: Uh, Dr. Chan, uh, w- what do you think about that, uh, from what you know, and also, uh, what do you think make of that reduced uh, quarantine measures?
9: Well, of course, uh, scientific studies are really um, the guideline for us to move forward. So I would expect uh, the P- Professor Adam Holmes that could shine some light on the next step ahead if um, the um, combined um, uh, if, uh, vaccination with two different vaccines a viable measure or not. So um, I think of course, if it is uh, a good uh, move, then of course it, it looks more flexible. And then um, perhaps the citizens, some of the citizens, might think about it. Well, but anyway, I I think uh, let's wait till they have the results. And uh, well, I think that uh, because the antibody levels of um, the uh, Sinovac vaccination have been found to be lower than that level of uh, vaccination. After final attack, so this we must be careful about uh, relaxing the measures because we depend on one of the added measures is to uh, have the um, adequate level uh, on arrival uh, at the airport on the border so um, we don't know how how high that level is set the threshold, and then how long will that person stay? Uh, with a high antibody level that, pro- that can protect him and the people around him. So I think um, that is some uh, thing to uh, observe and, and to take care of uh, if the government um, has this measure. So I, I would think that we have to be uh, careful about this because uh, in Singapore and in Thai- Taiwan, A few months, uh, uh, just two months ago, it is exactly at the border that they uh, relaxed the um, incoming pilots uh, quarantine and testing uh, that they allow some uh, mutated virus to have entered their territories. And that created a new wave for them. So I I think we must uh, prevent the uh, beginning of another new wave. Um, Of course, I do understand that we do have uh, already uh, more than 14 days of um, no local community case in Hong Kong. And before the three confirmed cases uh, from mother and daughters uh, of two weeks uh, ago, uh, there had already been 42 days of uh, zero cases as well. But we still could not find the origin of the three confirmed cases in Tinshuai at that time, although uh, South China Morning Post had reported that it could be the, um, it would not be from Shenzhen because the cases in Shenzhen uh, with the uh, British variants, the uh, Alpha ones, uh, were have having a different genome with the cases in Hong Kong. But uh, sorry to say, it was still, I still could not really uh, be reassured that this is true and scientifically proven, and what genome pattern was that, and who had, uh, say, reported this, the difference of uh, the genome of the uh, viruses detected in Shenzhen and detected in Hong Kong. Although uh, they also reported no more uh, UK variants afterwards in Shenzhen, so, but still, Uh, something that we could not solve uh, for for the past three cases.
3: Okay. Uh, uh, this is an email from uh, Leslie Ann, who says, "Dear back Chat, while it's good news that the quarantine period will be dropped to a week from two, however, I don't see why any vaccinated person with a positive antibody test is being asked to quarantine at all, especially in a hotel when it can be done at home." And Leslie Ann says, "In addition to my previous email regarding the quarantine period, we've had negligible local cases in Hong Kong for approximately 60 weeks now. So why are we still required to wear face masks, especially if people are fully vaccinated?" Why Why not announce that fully vaccinated persons can disregard face masks and walk around normally? That's from uh, Leslie ann Dr To, what do you think about that? Um, uh, If people have been vaccinated, maybe drop the face mask uh, requirement and drop the requirement to uh, quarantine in a hotel?
8: Um, The simple answer is that vaccination cannot 100% protect infection. Uh, The vaccine is very, very good at preventing severe infection, almost 100% for all vaccines. Um, they are very, very good at preventing symptomatic infection, uh, ninety over ninety percent for BioNTech and about fifty percent for Sinopharm. But for preventing asymptomatic infection, is much lower, uh, maybe fifty percent. Um, so I mean, the people can still be infected and transmitting virus even after vaccination, but the risk is lower, and the because the amount of virus. Uh, after vaccination if you get infected would be much lower so the risk of transmission which should theoretically be lower but it's not zero so this is why uh, i think uh, we in hong kong should take a more cautious approach in that we we we, i mean it it, i mean this this measure cannot 100 percent protect you from transmitting virus to others secondly
3: Okay. Uh, one more comment. This is from uh, Paul, uh, who says, "Hi, back chat. Your je- your guest just said the quiet bit loud. He said there will never be zero risk. Isn't it about time the public were allowed to take that risk instead of these stupid, unnecessary social controls?" Uh, that's from uh, Paul. Uh, Dr. Chan, do you think? Yeah, the time will come when uh, people will, you'll have to will they'll have to say, "Well, we've done all we can, and we've got to get back to normal life now."
9: Well, I I don't have a crystal ball. We just could say about probability. So I think um, the.
3: But, you know, you know, of, of course, you know, yeah, the probability because there are other diseases around, and we don't take these extraordinary measures of basically sort of closing down society. If, in, if in the end the risk is comparable to those other diseases like flu or something like that, then we'll just have to uh, live with COVID.
9: Well, of course, this could be one way to go, but uh, in fact, in Hong Kong. We are well. We're opening the uh, border a little bit more, and then we are relaxing the uh, social distancing rules a little bit more. So I think we have to do it gradually. Of course, I do agree that uh, we are not going to have a zero uh, case scenario, and uh, most probably we do have uh, have it as an endemic state. just like last year when the UK did nothing about it. And even Boris Johnson got infected and got into The ICU people uh, uh, just have the U-turn in their policy. So I don't think we could afford to have such uh, uh, another way or with deadly spread of the virus in Hong Kong. So I think we have to go uh, step-by-step in relaxing the rules. And uh, I do agree with
3: A couple more comments. This is the first one from Jim H. He says, Hooray, I am home. I think he was in America uh, and enjoying a compulsory quarantine. A great opportunity to recover from my 14 hour jet lag. I've been tested 12 times since July 2020. I was tested on the 10th and 13th of June in preparation for my return flight. I was tested upon my arrival in the SAR. I have been tested while in quarantine. I'm scheduled for a final test prior to my release. I received my last Pfizer vaccine on the 10th of May 2021. Can your expert, perhaps uh, Dr. Toe, you could uh, address this, can your expert tell me if I'm still considered a risk? So he had his, uh, I presume, second Pfizer on the 10th of May, and he's passed all his tests. Is he a risk?
8: Um, I totally understand the, you know, the 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 Uncomfortability of you know having so many tests, um, but the 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 the. the in, I mean, the fact is that we never know when we will get infected. Um, it is true that you know when when you take a test so many times, um, you you it is you know you 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 were not infected before. But, you know, as a public health measure, we always assume that you may get infected any time, you know, uh, during your stay um, in Hong Kong and other places. And this is exactly why uh, repeated tests are necessary. And secondly, it's because um, there are many uh, cases in which multiple testing during the early incubation period is negative. And then only turns positive later. Um, this is this virus is tricky, uh, tricky in the sense that um, you know in in the beginning of the illness you may not have any virus de- getting detected by any method. But when the virus, uh, the amount of virus goes up, uh, especially in the in the nose, in nasal pharynx, or in the throat, then we can detect the virus. So um, uh, I, I I totally you know understand the the. You know, uh, the, the the displeasure of people getting quarantined or getting tested repeatedly is a very uncomfortable procedure and very disturbing, uh, which I understand fully. Totally. But uh, we do also need to understand that this virus is is, is tricky. I must say.
3: Uh, uh, We were hearing uh, this morning and we've been reading about um, uh, uh, comparisons of antibody response among the different vaccines. I know that was carried out, uh, involved uh, Benjamin Cowling, the epidemiologist at at the University of Hong Kong. Were you involved, Dr To, in those in those uh, studies?
8: I was not involved in okay. the study by Professor uh, Cowling, but in our own study, um, I mean, the, the results are similar. And okay. it's also reported in many other
3: studies. Right, because that's, it's a very striking difference between the, uh, between the two uh, vaccines. The antibody response is, seems to be almost sort of double, uh, basically, in the Pfizer compared to the uh, Sinovac. Given that scientific evidence, shouldn't the administration, shouldn't the government be urging people to get the to go for the Pfizer? It seems to be twice as effective. Um, there's
8: always, um, uh, it is totally correct. I mean, the, the Beyond Tech definitely is more effective in terms of protective efficacy, it's been shown in studies. But I think in Hong Kong, we should give people choices to choose their vaccines because. For example, the BioNTech vaccine is on the MRNA platform, which is a new platform. And um, people, uh, many, many people are still uncomfortable with using a vaccine from a new platform, whereas the Sinovac is from an old platform. It, they use so-called inactivated virus. Uh, pe- some people are much more comfortable in choosing a virus vaccine that is from this older platform, which is tested over and over for many years. Uh, it's been used for influenza for, you know, over, I don't know, 50, 60 years. So um, many people are more comfortable with an older technology than a new technology. So I think the most important that is that we give the public the correct information about each vaccine, the advantage, the disadvantage, uh, the, the technology, you know, we, I mean, we we should let people choose.
3: Okay. Well, Dr. To, thanks very much indeed for for joining us. Uh, head of the Department of Microbiology at the University of Hong Kong, uh, Leslie Ann uh, continues says, uh, "Sorry to go on about this." in an email. But if fully vaccinated people somehow catch and carry the virus, the viral load will be so low it's highly unlikely to be transmitted. If the general public don't want to be vaccinated, that is their prerogative. And if they want to take the risk of catching COVID, that's their prerogative too. That comes uh, from uh, Leslie Ann and uh, karen says so if covid is always going to be with us why not just let the fully vaccinated go around as normal we've done what's required of us what more can we do everyone over 12 years can now get vaccinated in hong kong and this is the only solution the global community has offered let's just open up and get back to normal all this fear-based caution is based on zero cases which is not realistic that comes from karen
7: all right, a quick look at the weather before the news. It's uh, Right now it's uh, going to be cloudy with showers and the temperatures at 25 degrees, relative humidity, 92%. We'll be back right after the news.
6: Followed, it would be the first time a natural World Heritage site has been placed on the in list, mainly because of impacts from climate change.
2: You're listening to the news on RTHK
7: welcome back this is back chat on a tuesday morning with hugh chiverton and me janice wong we now continue with our discussion on the easing of social distancing measures here in the first half of the program we discuss whether the relax relaxation goes far enough when we haven't had any local covid cases for the past two weeks and whether antibody tests for travelers is the right direction if you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. Our email is backchat at rthk.hk. Our telephone number is 233-88266. And our Facebook page is backchat at rthk radio 3 Dr. Alvin Chan from the Medical Association is still with us. We're also joined now on the line by Dr. Stridar Sidoth, a clinical assistant professor with the University of Hong Kong's Department of Microbiology.
3: Uh, And a reminder that later we're also going to be talking about uh, plans to demolish the uh, general post office, the big white building in the middle of uh, Central. It used to be next to the uh, Star Ferry. Uh, uh, That's expected to be uh, demolished. We'll be talking to at least one architect who uh, thinks it can be saved and put to a a new purpose. What do you think? Uh, uh, Would you save the uh, post office building uh, in Central? Uh, We want to hear from you. Of course, you can email backchat at rthk.hk. And of course, you can Call us and our number is 233-88266. Um, Dr. Strida, maybe uh, you could respond. Uh, I've got a few emails. This is from uh, MT, who says, Using the phrase government policy in relation to the latest announcements of reduction in restrictions implies that the government has a plan. Uh, if it does, why does the government not share the plan, including the target dates and conditions expected to achieve these target dates? By not sharing any plan and making change announcements directly from the CE week by week implies that there is no plan or that Carrie Lam wants to be seen as in charge. Uh, Or is it both? That comes uh, from uh, MT. Uh, I, I think that contrasts with uh, some other countries. I know in the UK, for example, um, the, uh, the authorities made a great play of a, of a freedom day. They set a date when uh, people would be able to, um, you know, congregate again and so on, and the restrictions would be lifted, and they've, they've now had to change that, that uh, freedom day. That contrasts, I guess, with the, with the Hong Kong government attitude, which is, yeah, much more kind of week to week. Dr. Sridhar, what, what do you think is the, is the better approach?
10: Well, with uh, COVID-19, it's very hard to have a fixed long-term goal or plan. And, uh, I mean, a good example of that is perhaps the uh, air travel bubble in Singapore. Like we say, it's going to be set up in a certain number of weeks from now, but uh, eventually something happens and uh, the bubble gets burst. So that, that clearly shows that uh, at the moment we're not in control of the situation uh, in most parts of the world. And uh, COVID-19 uh, can make a resurgence at any time and disrupt any um, medium-term plans that we have set in place. So uh, I suppose uh, the Hong Kong government is uh, choosing really to play by the year and react to um, the situation as it evolves.
3: I, 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 guess the, I guess the point would be it can't go on forever. Um, Anthony says, Dear Backchat, your medical experts have lost the plot. Wittering on about vaccinated people having to wear masks and still being at risks is ludicrous when the whole emphasis should be on encouraging everyone to get vaccinated and provide incentives to that end. I agree with Leslie Ann and others. Let's give a date such as 1st of October when Hong Kong will open up. People who choose not to get vaccinated can continue to take precautions if they wish. That comes from uh, Anthony. So you could have a date where you just say, right, this is, you know, you, you, you get vaccinated here and you take you you carry on at your own risk after that date if you're not vaccinated.
10: Yeah, I mean you could say that, but the, the reality is that we, we have a, a huge elderly population and a lot of them are not vaccinated. so effectively opening up society without having any kind of breaks in place is going to put these people's lives and their lives on the blind. So we have to, uh, we do have to weigh these things very carefully. But, hey, I I do agree that we have to show confidence in our vaccines, and it's a very important message that we need to send. And a lot of people uh, debate about, uh, you know, the United States decision, the CDC decision uh, in the U.S. to um, say people who have gotten vaccinated don't need to wear masks. Now, that said, a very clear message. Uh, If you're in an outdoor setting, you know, like a beach, for example.
7: we now have a caller called Guy good morning Guy
5: good morning Um, I have a question on behalf of a Hong Kong permanent resident single mother who has been working overseas but plans to return to Hong Kong soon with her 5 year old son Um, she has been double vaccinated with I think Moderna her son of course has had no vaccination due to his age Um, and she Confused as I am, and it seems quite a lot of other people, as to what she can expect regarding quarantine or testing when she arrives at uh, Cheplak Can I have an answer to that question now, please?
3: Dr. Chan, do you know, as a pediatrician, do you know the answer?
9: Um, <clears throat> so, you want to uh, ask if the child uh, and the mother need to be quarantined and for how long in the hotel. Is that right? Well, it seems to me that you're prepared to separate mother and child. What's the answer, please? You don't need to separate the mother and child. I think they could together be quarantined in the hotel uh, as required by law now. uh, The child will not be left alone. How long for?
5: uh, How long for?
9: uh, 14 days. uh, 14 days for a double vaccinated person uh,
5: with a Moderna vaccine coming into Hong Kong with a five-year-old child locked up in a hotel room for 14 days. That's what you're telling me?
3: It's, so not, it's not that Dr Chan's not responsible for this guy. No, I
5: know he's not, but he's the mouthpiece today. No,
3: okay, he's not the mouth. He's a doctor. He's okay. simply a doctor. Well, okay, he's not a mouthpiece for anybody. A
5: mouthpiece today, who can answer that question?
3: Okay, uh, Dr Stridard, do you, do you, uh, can anybody else answer that is question? Is that, well, my understanding. My understanding is that yeah, if the if the yeah. child has not been vaccinated, and the child hasn't been vaccinated, then then the fourteen days applies.
5: Well, no child, I don't think anywhere in the world. Yeah. At five years old, is getting vaccinated. That's true. Right. So, in other words, this woman cannot really come back to Hong Kong uh, and face um, being locked up in a hotel room with a five-year-old for 14 days. Can you imagine that?
9: Hmm. I can yeah, imagine, thanks.
5: of course. Yeah. If that is the case. Um, and I would hope that the, uh, a, professionals in your a, uh, profession are doing all they can to urge common sense, please. Thank you for your time, as always.
3: Okay, guys. Thanks very much indeed. There's something similar in an email from Elango, uh, who says, I welcome the recent relaxation from the government to cut off the quarantine to seven days. I hope we're on the road to zero quarantine in near future. But I don't understand why the government doesn't think about the children. There is no mention about the possible exemptions for kids under 12. Neither the local media is interested about the care for children. There were zero questions about children in yesterday's press meet from the local media. Thankfully, a non-local journalist asked about exemptions for kids with no clear answer from the chief executive. Are we stop caring about our children? Hong Kong is not friendly to children, question mark. That comes uh, from Alango. Paisley says in an email, while I, like all Hong Kongers, welcomed the proposed reduction in quarantine period, how will the hotel booking logistics work? Correct me if I'm wrong, but as a fully vaccinated individual, would I book my hotel for seven days or 14 days? Uh, If my antibody test is positive, I would then be allowed to leave the hotel after seven days. But what would happen to my deposit for the second week? If I only book hotel for seven days and it turns out that my antibody test is negative, where would I stay for the second period of seven days? Also, given the expected surge in travel, will the government expand the existing number of quarantine hotels to cope with the resultant jump in room demand? that comes uh, from uh paisley and uh, we've got another caller on the line uh yeah we've got a call on the line yeah okay good morning hi No, we haven't. Okay, (laughs) got another email. This is from uh, Bob, uh, who says, a question for your medical expert. So I took Sinovac and just last week, out of curiosity, I took an antibody test and scored 257 against a pass mark from the lab of 50. So far, so good. But let's say I want to travel in a few months and do a fresh test and fall below the bar. Will the government then allow me to get a booster? That comes uh, from Bob. Dr. Strida, can you help, Bob?
10: moment we don't have a, a booster policy for Sinovac at all because we, we simply lack um, medium-term and long-term data on people who have received uh, the Sinovac vaccine since uh, even the phase 3 trials were only conducted earlier this year. So we don't have the necessary information to have a
3: Okay, uh, number two three three eight eight two six six. We've got Jim on the line now. Jim, good morning. Good morning. Go ahead, Jim.
11: Well, uh, I'm sitting right now in a quarantine hotel in Saigon. I arrived um, a few days ago, and uh, I just wanted to um, inform that, Mister Guy, um, the procedure. Uh, I was, as in my memo, as my. Uh, It says compulsory quarantine period 14 days, um, and on the um, government um, regulation when you go online to check, it has two columns: one if you have been vaccinated, and one if you have uh, uh, vaccinated two times, and one if you have not. Um, the information on the one if you've been vaccinated two times requires that you book you book a hotel for 14 days. If you have not been vaccinated, you book your hotel for 21 days. There's no question. There's no ambiguity. Um, And you can share the room with as many people as you are on your trip. So if you've got a a child, well, that's unfortunate. Uh, Maybe uh, you can leave the child at home. But if you bring it with you, of course, you keep it with you. It's just a child. I mean, it can do things in the room. Uh, You can bring games. You can... Entertain the kid on TV. You can do all kinds of things. I mean, you have the two weeks, do the two weeks, and there's no um, excuse for complaining or not going or criticizing the government. Uh, this virus
3: is serious, and uh, you just uh, do what you have to do. Sure. Your 14 days and get out. I think I think, yeah, I think one, uh, one of the que- queries was about uh, the new arrangements under which people coming from certain countries, and I don't know if that applies to wherever you flew, I assume it was the U.S., I'm not sure Taking if that applies. From the
11: US and- According to what I heard, it said low risk countries. America is listed in the group B. Of, yeah, I think
3: that's group B. So that's I th- right. I think, and I, think, I don't
11: know. I don't know if that's considered low risk by the
3: Hong Kong I government. I but think it's like medium in or my high. Case,
11: but, but because I've had two, because I've had two inoculations. Then I only do 14
3: days, regardless of where I came from. Yeah. So I think what's 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 changed now is that for some countries, uh, people coming from some countries, if they have received, if they've been uh, vaccinated, well they were they can take an antibody test uh when they arrive at the uh, quarantine hotel this is my understanding and then yep. and then pr- instead of staying for two weeks if they if they have the uh, the antibodies then they will only have to stay for seven days i think uh, the, the query the query was about how that's going to work in booking terms because you do book for 14 days but then you only stay for seven days so what happens i'm here my 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 uh
11: my 14 days expired next week um I unfortunately came in a little bit too early. But as I understand it, this exception will start at the end of June. Mm -hmm. And if you uh, give the hotels time to adjust to that, because you pay in advance when you book your room. So at the end of June, if you come in and you've been inoculated, uh, vaccinated two times, uh, then you still have to book for 14 days. But the hotel uh, can be prepared after your first week and your two tests. To refund your money, if you were allowed to leave after that seven days, there's no ambiguity. It's not confusing.
3: Okay, all right. M- many thanks. Best of luck with your with your quarantine. Keep listening. Keep sending us your messages uh, as well. Catching
11: up on everything that I need to do uh, <laughs> that I couldn't do if I weren't in quarantine. So. Enjoy
3: the two weeks. Thank you. I think you enjoy it. Uh, thanks very <laughs> much indeed, Jim, uh, for your call. Uh, Doug says, uh, Dear Backchat, read those who consider vaccinated people should be allowed to be maskless. On a practical level, how could this be policed? How would I know if my maskless neighbour on the bus Is vaccinated? That comes uh, from uh, Doug. Uh, And uh, David says, Backchap, I bring up the point that I've made before that specialists and the CE continue to bring up the matter of creating so-called herd immunity. I'm of the opinion Hong Kong will never reach herd immunity, especially when a large number of the vaccinated community have received the Sinovac vaccination, which is said to have only 51% efficiency. So does this mean that 49% of those having the Sinovac may not be covered? And is this considered when working out? if Hong Kong has or has not herd immunity. Could this be commented? Uh, Dr. Sridhar, if the Sinovac vaccination, uh, as it seems, does produce uh, a lot fewer uh, antibodies, does that mean uh, we have to have a higher rate of vaccination, more people vaccinated, to achieve herd immunity in the community at large? It depends mean by herd immunity.
10: I mean, if we're not here in this situation, we're not talking about herd immunity against just symptomatic disease. We're talking about herd immunity against severe disease. So we want to be sure that a sufficient proportion of our population is protected against severe disease. And the data to date suggests that as far as severe disease is concerned, um, Sinovac performs pretty well, similar to... um, Right for the for for preventing COVID nineteen that leads people to the hospital to the ICU or even worse. So the uh, objective of the vaccination campaign since day one is to make sure that we have herd immunity against the most severe form of COVID nineteen. We are not trying to eliminate COVID nineteen forever in Hong Kong. That's not going to happen. But as long as we have a you know good sufficient proportion of the population, say seventy percent, if you will, that's been vaccinated with two doses of whatever vaccine they want then we hope that we can mitigate the effects of uh, a COVID-19 outbreak in Hong Kong and we can go ahead very confidently with our relaxation measures instead of debating over every single half step like we are now.
3: Okay Um, Jay says would be nice as Hong Kong is a business hub ha ha if the radio could let us know which airlines are flying and how many people have virus in uh, phil's uh, philippines indonesia uk singapore how many people are contaminated getting off each plane when coming to hong kong why is hong kong government not traveling around old people's homes that comes uh, from uh jay uh who also says many of the hotel scams are to split husband and wife and child because they want to stick you for two rooms or an extra bed most rooms are only kitted out for two persons uh, Maggie says, uh, Hi, back chat. I'm concerned about the lack of energy being put into the vaccination programme. Yesterday, I was in a Hong Kong hospital. There was a poster on the lift stating that vaccination was available for free in the hospital and a QR code to link to further details. The poster was completely factual. You can get the vaccination here. The poster had zero oomph, no bright, cheery message that getting vaccinated is something we can all do to keep the community safe and help Hong Kong get back to normal. Can you ask your guests why the medical sector is not doing more to actively promote the uh, vaccination? Uh, And uh, James says, with the subject line quite simply, why? Uh, Good morning. Oh, to be out of work and afford two weeks in a hotel. Rubbish food, staff who are so confused about the government policy and also paying rent for empty flat too. At least it's raining. That's signed, unhappy of Hong Kong. James, thank you very much indeed for all the emails. Backchat at rthk.hk.
7: It's now 22 minutes past nine, and we now turn to our final topic this morning, and that is the planned demolition of the 45-year-old general post office in Central. Half a dozen real estate developers have already put in bids for the largest plot of commercial land in Central, which includes the post office. This all comes despite repeated calls over the years to save this building. To comment on this, we're now joined on the line by Adrian McCarroll, the Managing Director of the architecture firm Original Vision. Good morning, Mr. McCarroll.
4: Good morning, Janice.
7: So so what's your view? Is this uh, general post office really worth saving? Um,
4: As a piece of architecture, yes. But as a place in the heritage of Hong Kong, most definitely. Um, It is a... It is the, it's one of the teeth in the mouth, in the mouth of Central, and it represents um, a very, very good example of modernist architecture.
7: What's exactly? I mean, well, what's so special about it?
4: Well, it's a place in history more than anything else. Um, its relationship with the other buildings around—we have uh, City Hall, we've got Statue Square, we've got the Court of Final Appeal. We even got Jardine House across the road from it, and it's that place in the waterfront, the original waterfront, which is, a, is really a, a placeholder um, that if we denigrate and start taking away these placeholders, we start losing the, the definition of the, of the heritage of basically
7: central some architects, they've suggested rezoning parts of the site, uh, including the general post office uh, as a, a cultural and heritage uh, as uh, spaces. What's your view on that?
4: that would, yeah, rezoning or repurposing the building is certainly something that we've looked at. Um, in fact, as a group, we got together to try and see what the ramifications would be of retaining the building within the uh, the, the whole development site. The development site actually totals three blocks in Central, and we were brought together to try and demonstrate that the developers do not actually need to demolish the building to achieve the, the maximum GFA in open space that is laid down by the planning department.
7: But according to Ivan Ho, an architect appointed as the technical advisor for the land bid, uh, the requirement to demolish the uh, building was listed as a condition of sale. So is it too late to do anything to save the general post office?
4: I wouldn't say it's too late. Um, the doors are certainly closing. Um, we, we are, our goal was to raise awareness and get the conversation started. Um, that conversation has obviously started and is now flourishing because I'm talking to you. So that was the main purpose of our, um, of our actions. If it is too late, then it's not too late for the rest of the buildings around this precinct
3: sometimes it's pretty hard kind of repurposing these buildings isn't it and you look at the what's happened with the central market and the long long story of basically trying to find something to do with that space uh even if you want to keep the building itself um how would you approach the general post office what would you do with it to keep it useful to keep it meaningful well
4: there's some very dramatic spaces within the the building itself Uh um and the 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 the, um, solution, as it were, that we've been jointly uh, pursuing demonstrates that the building itself is not required within the the, the overall matrix of the the GFA requirements that the uh, planning department wants to meet. And the building could be used. We've been looking at uh, purposes like uh, a museum. The GPO actually need to have their own offices repositioned somewhere on the site and that in itself is causing a little bit of a complexity where whereas they could actually remain in place during the the development Um, and as a connection point between central uh, takes you through to the waterfront it's a very important linchpin in that connection
3: okay you could move rthk there perhaps uh and here's an email from mary uh, who says, Dear Backchat, while derisory remarks are banded about the age and architectural merits of the General Post Office, its importance is the role it plays as an anchor, a landmark in a sea of mediocrity of glass wall towers. If you nod off on a bus, you know where you are when buildings like this come into sight. It gives a feeling of familiarity, of home. Our city is gradually being stripped of unique features like this that connect citizens with the past star ferry and queen's pier were removed this building is now the only reminder of where the shoreline was for many decades like the state theater the building should be preserved the developer can find a way to incorporate it into the new development like new world's plans for the state the bidders are all hong kong developers it's time they demonstrate their affection for our city that comes uh, from uh mary yeah new world are, are busy uh sort of Doing a mixed thing at the state, aren't they? The state theatre, uh, developing, adding uh, residential units, but also kind of p- trying to preserve some of the the original kind of uh, entertainment functions. Um, could you do something like that, uh, that kind of mixture uh, in a site like this?
4: Of course, yes. And I think Mary's uh, singing from the same song sheet that we have. Um, it's a, it's it's got its architectural merit in itself, but it's it's contextual relationship with the rest of central that is is vital and we start chipping away at those um, elements then we start um, basically uh, taking the soul out of the city i mean there's other buildings around there's the, the jardine house as i mentioned there's the mandarin hotel there's a the princess building there's even the the uh, hong kong club building which these are all fine element fine examples of architecture that define the center of our city
3: yeah, they're not all that equally popular, I suspect. I mean, sort of uh, concrete architecture from the, from the 70s uh, might have fans among architects. I don't know about the general public.
4: Um, that can be said about most architecture. is a very subjective subject. And sometimes architecture that was hated at the time is loved in the future.
3: Mm. What, 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 what do you think in Hong Kong is a good example of a preservation of a, of a building or repurposing of a building?
4: a good question court of final appeal
3: okay the the uh uh the the, the building the former ledgego building and the court before that you mean that that's correct yes mm, yeah yeah
4: i mean it takes a it's, it's it's got an absolute cultural significance right in the right in the heart of our city and being the court of final appeal is completely apt use of that building
7: okay so Mr. McCarroll, what next? I mean, what, what are you going to do? Uh, I mean, will you be discussing with uh, other people about uh, your plans or your ideas?
4: We've discussed it. Uh, we had a presentation at the District Council where we um, were trying to um, garner support, and we got quite a lot of support from that. We've had a few focus groups, um, and as I, th- as I said, we're trying to raise the conversation to bring the, the matter into the public realm so that the the public do get an understanding that this kind of demolition uh, attitude does, does not need to be um taken through into say the next um tender package so if it doesn't if it's not successful for this one at least the conversation started and the public awareness is is so much more in the forefront
3: Okay, one more, one more comment. Um, Jeff says, could we rebuild the previous General Post Office uh, instead? That comes from Jeff. There was a very sort of elaborate colonial building there, wasn't there, previously, I think?
4: It was, yes. It was a very elaborate building. Um, and that was demolished at a time when, I think, all over Hong Kong, these buildings were being taken down all and right. replaced with more modernist examples. But at, uh, at that time, there was a, a, a great demolition... Um, campaign
3: on, on goal. That's when, like, the old Hong Kong club, among other places, also went. Uh, exactly. Were you, were you, you got another supporter. This is from uh, James Kay, uh, who says, uh, Thank you, Mary. as responding to the earlier email. A perfect observation on what makes uh, a city. Thanks
7: very much indeed for that. All right. Uh, unfortunately, we're out of time. Thank you, Mr. McCarroll, for joining us this morning. Adrian McCarroll is the Managing Director of the architect firm Original Vision. Also, many thanks again to our guests earlier this earlier um, on the program on the easing of COVID restrictions here, Dr. Calvin Toe and Dr. Siddhar. Stridar Siddhas from the University of Hong Kong. Also, many thanks to Dr. Alvin Chan from the Hong Kong Medical Association. And of course, to all of you who commented and called in with your views. Now we leave you with the weather. Um, it's uh, cloudy with occasional showers and severe squally thunderstorms. The maximum temperature will be around 30 degrees. And uh, right now it's 25 degrees, relative humidity 89%
2: amid the pandemic we still need to carry on our work and daily lives all of us wish to stay healthy and avoid being infected vaccination is one of the most effective ways to protect yourself and your family it also helps us resume normal life earlier protection starts 14 days after the second dose remember to maintain personal hygiene and wear a mask protect yourself and others let's get vaccinated It's 9.33, the news with Samantha Butler. The Secretary for Health, Sophia Chan, says she expects more restaurant staff to get fully vaccinated against COVID-19 so that under new social distancing rules they'll be able to operate at full capacity. She told an RTHK radio programme that close to 1,000 restaurants have staff with at least one vaccine dose, meaning from Thursday they can increase capacity from 50 up to 75%. With both doses, they can operate at full capacity. Epidemiologist Benjamin Cowling has questioned what level of antibodies is needed to qualify for reduced quarantine. The government plans to allow fully vaccinated arrivals from lower-risk places to do just a week of hotel quarantine if they test negative for COVID-19 and have antibodies for the virus. Professor Cowling from the University of Hong Kong's School of Public Health said their ongoing study showed people who'd had the sinovax jab had a much lower level of antibodies. And Apple Daily has stopped its online financial news hours after it aired its last live news show last night. In a brief statement published at midnight, the financial news unit said it would cease refreshing its web page. Its final online publication was a commentary by a financial columnist. I'll have more news at ten o'clock. It's time right now on Radio Three to say good morning to Phil Whelan and his guests on the Morning Brew. Hello, hello,
0: hello. How are you? You're not too bad at all. Good morning.
3: sports.
0: Hello. You never Facebook chat with me? Good
3: morning. It's got the and Jerry type violence. It's a great experience if
2: you just want to get a bit of zinc. On your radio and live online, this is The Morning Brew. Good morning.
9: Yeah, and welcome to
7: Tuesday. And more or less Aussie day here on Morning Brew. Good to be back with you.